0: Welcome to As the Season Turns, a podcast following each month of the year. As the hedgerows change, the full moons come and go, and nature takes its course in the garden. I'm Leah Lander, a nature writer and author of The Almanac, a seasonal guide. This podcast is brought to you by Fern, makers of small-batch organic natural perfume who blend, barrel-age and bottle four fragrances a year, released at the equinoxes and solstices. We hope that this brief guide to what to look for in the month ahead will awaken you to the rhythms of the year and help you, in the words of the poet Ray Carver, settle deeper into the seasons. So here we are at June, the zenith of the year. All strawberries, roses, rain showers and sunburnt shoulders. June is the lightest and brightest month of the year with the longest days and shortest nights. It's not necessarily the warmest, but it's pretty good. June is so easy to love, but it's also kind of easy to miss. For me, June always comes a little too soon. I know that sounds crazy, but I'm never quite ready for midsummer when June comes along. I'm only just really accepting that it's okay to go outside without a cardi. But this is all the more reason to treat the beginning of June as a wake-up call. Summer is here, so think about what you're going to do with it. Throw a barbecue, sit by a river with a picnic, lie on the lawn and watch the swift swoop overhead, or even just sniff the roses and love that they are here. We've been waiting for this all year, so take some time to really appreciate this very special moment in the year. The naming of June. Ogfios in Scots Gaelic. June in Scots or Ulster Scots. Mehev in Irish Gaelic. Mein Sauri in Manx. Meheven in Welsh. Metheven in Cornish. And Juan in Gerier. Several of the words used around the British Isles for June are based on the root half, meaning summer the heaven of Welsh Meheven, the heaven of Cornish Metheven, and the hev of Irish Gaelic Mehev. The meh prefix arises from mean or middle, as in the Manx main sauri, which means middle summer. Scots, Ulster Scots, and Jersey Gerrier have derivations of June from the Latin name for the month Junius, which may be named either after the Roman goddess of marriage, Juno, or the Latin juniors, meaning younger ones or juniors. This could be a counterpoint to May's maiores, meaning elders. In keeping with this, the Scots-Gallic ogmios means young month. The Hedgerow in June It is the month of flowers in the hedgerow. Bramble flowers, white bryony, and blooming honeysuckle bloom up in the heights of the hedge. And between the petals in their elevated nest, the dormouse litter of four or five young has been born. They are pink, furless and blind and are being carefully looked after by their mother. Down at the hedgerow base, hoglets, baby hedgehogs, are being born this month and next. They are spineless and blind and the mother nurses them in her dug-out shelter. The badgers are out and about more, making day nests in the warm weather so that they can sleep above the ground. Cow parsley is still flowering and it has been joined by red campion, common orchids and foxgloves which seem to be buzzing as bees crawl deep inside the flowers to reach their copious nectar emerging smothered in pollen. Wild strawberries are ripening too. Bird, hawk moths are visiting the flowers. Hawthorn jewel beetles start feasting on hawthorn leaves and laying their eggs there. The larvae will hatch and make zigzag patterns beneath the surface. Small tortoiseshell larvae, having hatched this month on nettles, communally spin a web over themselves so that they can feed in safety. And you may also see some painted lady butterflies on their journey through. This delicate butterfly with its orange and dark brown patterned paper-thin wings has a monumental migration. The population we see in British and Irish gardens and on hedgerows each year travels annually from tropical Africa to the Arctic and back again, the longest migration of any butterfly. However, no single individual will complete the entire migration. It takes up to six successive generations to make the entire 12,000-kilometre round-trip each year, guided by some innate drive and the position of the sun. No parent has ever taught a painted lady butterfly the route. It was once thought that the butterflies died when they reached the north, but we now know that the return journey south is done at such altitude that no one had ever seen them travel. What the Painted Lady is searching for in this endlessly restless life is perfect breeding conditions. They breed all year round, continually adjusting their latitude rather than ever changing their modus operandi to fit in with the seasons. The Painted Lady chases summer up and down the northern hemisphere, hitching a ride on favourable winds and trying its luck in every varying climate. So when they arrive here this month, It is simply because we now have the good stuff, warmth but not too much, plenty of rain and lush growth. The male perches somewhere that a female is likely to pass by and a courtship dance plays out, with up to eight butterflies fluttering in circles around each other. The lucky pair land and mate back to back and the female lays her eggs on a particularly promising bit of greenery, a thistle or aster out of choice, before moving on to try again elsewhere, and again, and again. Her eggs will soon hatch into caterpillars which will fatten up and pupate, and then pick up the baton for their own leg of this endless migration. Flower of the Month, Rose June is the month of roses. This is high summer, and from every other front garden come wafts of musky, spicy, fruity, or just good old-fashioned floral. You can't walk down the street without stopping to cup the soft, cool petals to your nose. Some roses putter on throughout summer. Some have a phase one and a phase two. Some have just one spectacular display. But all will be flowering their hearts out in June. Where to start with the symbolism of the rose? It can represent romantic love, patriotism, political struggle. Everyone claims it, and it means something different every time. Christians see it as a flower of harmony and of the Virgin Mary. In Texas, a yellow rose means undying love. In tarot, the rose is a symbol of balance. To the British Labour Party, a red rose has long associations with European socialism and harks back to the sentiment of the textile worker's strike song, Bread and Roses. Hearts starve as well as bodies, give us bread, but give us roses. This is not the time for planting, but it is the time for looking, sniffing and choosing. Make notes now and buy and plant in autumn. Roses are easy to grow, but they particularly like deep, rich and clay soils, and are less happy on thin and sandy ones. They will flower for a great many years if treated well. June's flower garden picking prompts. Roses and lots of them mixed with alchemilla, scabious and hardy geraniums in a big, blousy summer border arrangement. A single peony flower floating in a bowl. A little scented posy of clove pinks, lavender and lemon thyme for a bedside table. Down in the valley, the valley's so deep To pick some fine roses to keep my love sweet So let it be early, late noon I'll enjoy my rose in June A Rose in June This pretty song was collected by Bob Copper, a member of the Copper family, folk singers who passed songs down through the generations. Bob also acted as a collector and recorded this from George Fosbury in Hampshire in 1954. It is a song of love, petals and of wandering and picking in midsummer. So let it be early, late afternoon. noon, I'll enjoy my rose in June. The rose in June's not half so sweet As kisses where true lovers meet So let it be early, late or noon I'll enjoy my rose in June Jam making time is here Fill the air with the glorious scent of juicy fruit and sugar and bottle yourself a bit of summer. Different fruits have different amounts of pectin, the substance that holds jam together. With low pectin fruits you have a choice. Buy jam sugar which contains pectin, add pectin separately, mix low pectin fruits with high pectin fruits, or add lemon juice. The latter can often be enough to draw out the natural pectin in the fruit and create a good set. This generally makes for a nicer texture than using commercial pectin, which can create a jelly-like consistency. Note that underripe fruit generally contains more pectin than fully ripe fruit. High pectin fruits include apples, crab apples, quince, plums, gooseberries, currants, underripe blackberries and citrus fruit. Low pectin fruits include strawberries, apricots, peaches, raspberries, cherries and blueberries. You'll find a recipe for jam making in the episode notes. The medieval name for June's full moon, which this year falls on the 24th of June, is the rose moon, reflecting the dog roses that are scrambling over hedgerows, their simple pale pink petals catching the moonlight. It was also known as the Dyad moon, Dyad meaning pair, and perhaps this is in reference to June being named after the Roman goddess of marriage, Juno, and being a month thought particularly favourable for weddings. This is the month of the shortest, lightest and warmest nights. In the daytime, the sun is high in the sky and this means that the full moon, which must be opposite it in our sky in order to be full, stays lower and has a more golden tinge. We now view it through a greater slice of our atmosphere than we did at midwinter, and so it is softer and less bright until it climbs at its highest. There will be lots of opportunities to spot planets this month in the sky at night, in conjunction with the moon. On the 1st, there will be a close approach of Jupiter and the moon rising at about 2am in the southeast and visible until lost in the dawn at about 4 a.m. On the 12th, there's a close approach of Venus on the Moon, visible in the dusk from about 9.30 in the northwest. The following night, on the 13th, there's a close approach of a dim Mars and the Moon, visible in the dusk from about 10 p.m. in the west-northwest. On the 27th, there's a close approach of Saturn and the Moon, rising at half-past midnight in the southeast. And on the 29th, there's another opportunity to see Jupiter quite near to the moon again, rising at half-past midnight in the southeast. The summer solstice falls on the 21st of June at 3.32am. This is the moment when the North Pole is at its maximum tilt towards the sun. Day length this month increases by 28 minutes to a maximum 18 hours and 1 minute on the 21st, then decreases by 6 minutes by the end of the month in Inverness. In Padstow, day length increases by 19 minutes up to the summer solstice, then decreases by 3 minutes by the end of the month. The spring tides are the most extreme tides of the month with the highest rises and falls, and neap tides are the least extreme with the smallest. Exact timings vary around the coast, but expect them around the following dates. Spring tides, 10th to the 11th, and 25th to 26th. Neap tides, 3rd to the 4th, and 19th to the 20th. In medieval times, Midsummer was a loose community celebration that ran between St John the Baptist's Eve on the 23rd of June to St Peter's Day on the 29th of June. You will note that actual Midsummer's Day is missed out completely as the 24th of June, the feast of St John the Baptist, was traditionally considered Midsummer. The festivity centred around fires, flowers and feasting. Doors were hung with birch, fennel, lilies and wildflowers, and in the evenings bonfires and lamps would be lit outside houses and shops, food and drink laid out on tables, and neighbours invited to partake. Midsummer cushions were the children's contribution to the floral bounty of what must have been a magical time. They were made in various ways, some from a board smeared with clay or mud and then stuck all over with petals, and some made from an actual cushion that was threaded with wild flowers. The Northamptonshire poet John Clare reported that children would take a piece of greensward or turf and stick it with meadow flowers to place in their cottages in a celebration of the natural abundance of this golden moment of the year. June Garden Meditation June is the month for a garden meditation at dusk as the magical boundary between afternoon and night now stretches out luxuriously over hours. Go barefoot into the garden and stand or take a seat. Feel how the earth beneath your toes has warmed. Think about the texture of what you feel, be it sun-warmed stone or soft grass or even squelchy mud. What does the sensation tell you about the year's weather so far? We are at the moment when the Northern Hemisphere is tilted as far as it will go towards the sun. Close your eyes and feel the sun on your face, or open them and watch the sunset, and think about the fact that this is the tipping point of the year, the pinnacle. Let your mind run over the first six months of the year in your garden, how it has grown swollen and blossomed from the dark, twiggy days of the beginning of the year until now, when it is full and beautiful and flower-filled. Now, think ahead to the next six months, how it will start to ripen as the days shorten and then pull back in on itself before closing back down. Don't be sad, there's plenty of summer left to go, but embrace this moment for what it is. Allow it to encourage you to enjoy the summer in your garden to the full, because it doesn't last forever, and there's nothing like it. Thank you for listening to this month's episode. If you've enjoyed listening, please do like and subscribe. All episodes are released on the first of each month. You can read more about the year ahead in my book, The Almanac, A Seasonal Guide to 2021, available in all good bookshops. This podcast has been brought to you by Fern. Fern is a natural fragrance maker based in Somerset. Working with the rhythms of the seasons, they blend, barrel age and bottle, four fragrances a year, released at the equinoxes and solstices. Each fragrance is made to order for the names on the Fern Production Ledger. To join the ledger and find out more, visit www.fern.co.